Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, B Fan Podcast, and thank you for tuning in to another episode. Today I'm here with Stephanie Westmeyer. And you do? I work as a training specialist in the Experiential Learning Center at the Marshall School of Business, and I teach uh, Introduction to Public Speaking class in the Annenberg School of Communication and Journalism. So how did how did you how did that come about? How did you get into that? Um, I got into my job at, at here at Marshall, where it's been now over nine and a half years, um, because of my background. Mm. I went on and earned a doctorate degree in communication. I did nine, 10 straight years of school and earned all three of my degrees. Then I uh, had taught um, public speaking communication classes, and I also wanted to pursue my passion, which was corporate um, training. So I left higher education, worked for a nonprofit, and then I decided to come home mm-hmm. because it was 9-11 had hit. Yeah. And we were not sure where the future of our country was going. Yeah. So a friend says, why don't you go back home because we don't know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I came back here and <clears throat> the doors of opportunity were open for me. And yeah. I said, okay, what is it something that I want to do? I want to train athletes in their speaking skills. So I worked for a, a year at the Dodgers and worked for a year at the Angels Mm. and uh, that didn't open so I'm like okay now let me go back to what my next passion is and I had earned a doctorate degree because I wanted to do corporate training Mm. so I uh, went to work for In-N-Out Burger as a a training instructor for their um, entry-level management program they're called um, fourth manager so I was there for five years and then I decided to based upon the recommendation with someone else that to go back into higher education because yeah. I t- spent about 10 years in higher education, went into corporate, and then came back to higher ed. Um, worked in HR for Long Beach State, mm-hmm. so I did training over there, and then um, ventured off <laughs> to try my hand at independent consulting. Wow. Then I realized this is tough work yeah. to go on solo, and I said, okay, let me uh, find another job and then work full-time and then do the consulting on the side. Mm-hmm. So I uh, found this job at Marshall and applied for it. And what I liked about it was it was exactly what I wanted. It was the business experience and the teaching experience. So I applied and um, have been here now nine and a half years. In February, it would be 10 years as a training specialist in the Experiential Learning Center. Wow. And what's so cool about the facility is that as you know, you've come down. That's how we yeah. met. How yeah. connected. I'm like, you saw me. You yeah. can see that passion in mm-hmm. me for teaching and, and education and knowledge. And the Experiential Learning Center is a um, like preeminent facility amongst all business schools. So we're one of the only business schools that has a facility dedicated to help undergraduates, graduates, and executives train mm-hmm. in different areas. Yeah. So professors will bring their students down to the facility and I will uh, run the exercise and then we do a debrief. Mm. So part of my job is during the semester is facilitating the classes, the exercises for the classes. Yeah. And then oft times I'm um, running, uh, developing new materials mm. and working on other projects. So that's uh, where the teaching aspect comes in. And though... I have a high need for connection. Like yeah. People are important to me and investing in people. And I've wanted to go back into teaching. And last year, my um, my supervisor says, well, why don't you go and see about Annenberg? Yeah. So I applied for a job, and I'm back in the classroom teaching a public speaking class there. That's beautiful. And I enjoy it. It's just 
really nice to see people take one of the greatest fears, public mm-hmm. speaking. People yeah. much rather, as uh, Jerry Seinfeld said, public speaking is um, number one fear above uh, death and taxes. Yeah. And that people much rather at a funeral be the person in the box and the person standing in front of um, giving the eulogy. So yeah. it's really cool for me to be able to watch people, what I call transform, take mm-hmm. their fears and then develop into a sense of confident communicators. So yeah. I enjoy that process. So that's how I spend my time here at USC. That's so nice. And I, I thank you for that lengthy introduction. That's, that's one of the best introductions I've had yet. Was, was it like an elevator pitch? Yeah, it was, it was a great <laughs> elevator pitch. Thank you. But, um, so yeah, I take a um I take the class uh, history on stand up comedy, yes. and he was talking about how it's hard to get up there and talk in front of people, and secondly, it's even harder to get up there and hope that they laugh at their at your jokes. Yes. So how would do you have you had any experience with comedians? Have they ever come to get help? No, I haven't had experience with comedians. I have worked with athletes, and so that is really a neat experience yeah. to watch them. And I, when I was working with the Angels, I had um, a, a really unique, uh, very humbling experience where a broadcaster came up to me, and he's and I shared what I what my vision was is to train athletes in their speaking skills. He's like, oh, I'm always interested in new tips and techniques, and so I gave him some, and he was so gracious. Because he listened. And yeah. I'm like, this guy knows this stuff already, <laughs> but he's taking advice from me. Mm-hmm. So when I see him um, broadcast uh, in baseball for, for different games, I'm like, wow, what a cool person. Too. Yeah. That's really what I call that servant leadership. You know, He knew what my dream was, and he wanted to, do, uh, wanted to support it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I like to do. I mentioned to you I'm a connector. Like, yeah. I have a need for people and connection, and I like to help other people find ways to make their dreams come true. Mm-hmm. So when people say, oh, I have this need, or do you know anyone there? I'm like, oh, this. Or I will think of people. People describe me as being very thoughtful. Yeah. And so I say, okay, let me see. And and that's where my strength is. So mm-hmm. I haven't worked with comedians. Mm-hmm. I have, though, worked with a few athletes. And so that's nice to see them gain their confidence in front of um, speaking. Yeah, so one of the things that stuck out to me was um, listening. So how important is listening to public speaking? They seem like total opposites almost, but how do those two play into each other? Well, that is a really great question because in order to be a great speaker, you mm-hmm. have to learn to be a great listener. And the reason I say that is because when you can learn to listen to what people say, you learn what's important to them. Mm-hmm. When you can learn what's important to them, then you can connect with them to the audience as audience members. And when you connect to them as audience members, then they're drawn into your presentation. And so you're, what you're doing is you're speaking um, to an audience uh, instead of speaking at an audience. And that's often what I think happens as speakers. You think, I'm the expert, I have um, all the knowledge, and I'm gonna tell you what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, um, I've listened to what you say, I've heard what your needs are, let me share with you some information that I think is valuable. Mm. When, when we do informative speeches, I have students focus on why should the audience listen to you? You know, the WIFM, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. And so they'll I really emphasize, emphasize that part because it breaks the barrier as a speaker and audience. It just seems to be this like glass physical. Wall. Yes. Yeah. And I like the idea of that imagery of a glass wall. It becomes like a psychological barrier. So yeah. when I can say, um, 
you know, as a, as a person who's interested in finding out about people, let me tell you a little bit about how this topic relates to you. Yeah. You'll benefit more by learning about me, and mm-hmm. I'll benefit more by learning about you. Yeah. So now you feel drawn into the presentation. And it was really cool because just this morning the um, students were giving their presentation and a student who normally doesn't have connection with another student made reference to him. Mm-hmm. And I just saw that psychological, emotional connection. Yeah. And it was really cool. And that's the value of listening. Because yeah. I thought he listened to his audience. Yeah. And he knew about his audience. So mm-hmm. I think listening is a very important part of speaking. And we also have different ways we can listen. Yeah. And even with listening, uh, another thing I think can bring on. Um, a really good connection is when people learn each other's names and reference back to them during the speech or during the conversation. Yes, and that exactly happened too. Uh, someone referenced someone else in the speech to these yeah. names because the person had just gotten up speaking like they're getting it. And mm-hmm. that's where that's where the joy of teaching comes in is mm-hmm. because I'm seeing I've been talking and I've been um, sharing information and experience, and then when I see them put it into action, I'm like, they get it. Yeah. And that just shows to me that they're listening to yeah, me too. Yeah, and they're which, actually engaged. Yeah, exactly. That's so, a good way of putting it. So what about when speeches go wrong? Like, mm-hmm. improvise, imp, improv, how you say, improvisation? Yeah. Improvisation. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, when speeches go wrong, you have to just go with it. Mm-hmm. And I actually had... For me, one of my worst uh, nightmares is giving a presentation and not knowing my material mm-hmm. or having technical issues. And a couple of years ago, I was giving a, a presentation to a class with a brand new computer, and oh, we had tested. Yes. You see where this is going, mm-hmm. right? So I had tested and practiced in another classroom. It was here um, in a 302 class. And I had practiced in another classroom. And then I went into the uh, classroom. The professor says, oh, can you just email it to me? I said, no, the file's too big. Yeah. We'll just use my computer. And my um, audio card and my um, HDMI connection didn't work. And so he kept working with it, working with it, working like, I've got 32 people in front of me. Oh, what am I going to do? And yeah. I got this great presentation with all these videos. And so I had to go with it. And so mm-hmm. I just like, okay, this is it. And fortunately, because I was familiar with my material, I walked through it. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, uh, it, it was a frustrating point, and especially for me, because I thought, I, sh- I know, I should have sent. He asked for it, I should have sent it back yeah. up, back up, back up, mm-hmm. back up to the back up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, and because I thought my way was the right way, and that's an area of getting help, too. Uh, so I think that that's an example of there are speeches that will go wrong, and mm-hmm. it's not so much um, the mistake that is made is how did you recover from it. Yeah. Uh, so so that for me is a technology issue, and uh, when you come to three hundred seven, the marketing class mm-hmm. for those who have taken the uh, martial marketing class, there's an exercise where they'll do their PowerPoints and at the last minute we'll pull some of them away from it. And I tell them this is reality. Yeah. Where you're going to go in, your PowerPoint's not going to work and then you're going to have to say, and they're going to say, I still want to hear it. No, we cannot reschedule this meeting. Just share your information. Mm. So I think that that's an example of that. And with students in classes, there's this need, like, I have to say everything. Yeah. So instead of improv, we use what we call extemporaneous, where you know what you're going to say, and then you start flowing with the presentation. So um, I know my introduction, my main points. Oops, I skipped a main point, but they really don't know that part, so I'm just going to 
improv if you, you want. You can't miss it start. if you don't know it. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and that's one thing that I'm trying to help the students understand. If you forget a part, it's okay. It's better just to move forward and mm-hmm. go and and uh, go on with it. So. Yeah. So I see familiar, familiar, these are big words. <laughs> familiar, being familiar with the content that you are presenting is very important, but how do you, um, how does research play a part in actually being interested in what you're learning? Oh, I'm so glad you say that because it's so important to have more information so that way it shows that you're credible. Yeah. Um, there are three parts in speaking that we talk about, ethos, pathos, and logos. Yeah. And ethos is where you're building your um, credibility and your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so that's an important part. Like I've done my research, I'm gonna share with you what the findings have said. And it just shows, um, I think it can also, I don't think people realize that creating, using knowledge and resources or research also helps create a connection to the audience. Because people are thinking, why should I believe you? Just right. Because you're, you're just... speaking in front of me doesn't mean I have to believe. Yeah. And then when you say, you know, according to the 2023 USC uh, website, only 10% of those who applied were accepted. Right. So that's just something. It just shows, wow, this person took time to find out this information to share with me. Count every single yes. person. Yeah. And I also think it's important in research to be able to share both sides because Nowadays, um, we have our views, and we use a platform to share our views, which mm-hmm. is good. Also, the audience nowadays, we all come from diverse backgrounds. We might not all share the same views. Yeah. So it's important to acknowledge like what other people say. Yeah. Um, like, okay, this is what this research says, and uh, other people have different points of view, and this is what the, the other point of view says. Because yeah. I think if you can show balance, then it shows... Um, there's more objectivity as a speaker, which people want to hear nowadays. Yeah, and I see that um, rhetorical analysis is a really good, a really good um, thing to have in speech because you have to be able to provide the information, the data, and then give your insight behind it to convince the listener to actually want to listen to you. Yes. And another part is um, every coin has two sides. Yes, it does. You can't just present one side of the coin heads up and forget about tails. So uh, can you talk about the importance of presenting the counter-argument, not giving all the way into it, but acknowledging it mm-hmm. and giving the data that would potentially bring down your entire argument, but still being confident enough to support your own argument mm-hmm. at the same time? So I think that it's interesting because there's a concept, um, an approach that we use called Monroe's Motivated Sequence yeah. in the persuasive. And you start off with... Uh, the attention step, then you go to the need step, and then the satisfaction, then the visualization, and then the action. Yeah. And the attention is, okay, what the situation is, what's, a, what's the topic, and what you're uh, wanting to persuade people to do. And then that need step is exactly what you talk about. You talk about what are the advantages, you know, what is the needs, what is the problem. Mm-hmm. And when you're presenting your problem, you have to recognize the fact that there's another side to it. Mm-hmm. So when you're stating the need, you will present that opposing need. And then when you talk about the satisfaction, you talk about the benefits of the reason why you recommend this side, and then the, also the drawbacks. Mm-hmm. Because people need, to really persuade someone, you need to give people freedom to choose. Yeah. And your argument is designed to let the audience decide what is to what they should do mm-hmm. based upon the information, and that's what's nice about 
Monroe's motivated sequence because you then go to the, the set satisfaction step, then you go to the fourth step, which is the visualization step, mm-hmm. and then you sh- you paint a picture for the audience. Okay, this is if you adapt and and take action for what I'm telling you to do. These are all the draw the benefits. If mm-hmm. you don't, then this is the drawback. So then they this is seeing both sides. I always say, and mm-hmm. then finally the call to action, which is okay. Now it's time for you to take that step. And with the call to action, it's important for audience members to have something physical to do because that's where persuasion comes in. It's not just changing my thought, oh, that's a really good idea. I, I support your idea that I need to go to the gym three days a week. Mm-hmm. Six months later, I'm not at the gym. Mm-hmm. But if you give me a free pass that I can or a product that you're wanting to sell, then I'm trying it, then I'm willing to go for it. So it's the action that is also needed to it. And that's why it's important to present both sides. And, yeah. and, and nowadays, I actually had a student who wanted to give a topic on um, a, a person that they found controversial, like some people would consider controversial. And I said, no, I think you need to do it because, first of all, you have the strength as a speaker to do it. And then you also talk about the other side of that speaker. Mm-hmm. So instead of um, vilifying or yeah. demonizing that person as a bad person, show the other aspects of the good that they're doing because that's where we can really start to see the opposite side like oh wow i didn't know that person right you know received the most tweets for mm-hmm. um um anti-semitism anti-semitic comments mm-hmm. you know like wow i didn't realize that that person struggled too or yeah. wow that's why that person has the views that they do mm-hmm. and so that's what i'm saying that it's, i agree with you that we need to present both sides yeah. and we also need to listen to both sides as well. So one of the things I enjoy doing is, um, I was actually challenged by this. It was called the love challenge. To find um, um, people that you know you have a difficult time connecting with yeah. or understanding and reach out to them. And I, and I did that. So I found someone who, who comes from a different um, a pe- group than I do, we're in different cultural groups. And so I, I got to know that person. And yeah. then that person got to know me. And they paid me the greatest compliment. They said, wow, you know, you really are who you say you are. And that meant a lot to me. And so now my mind is open and I'm able to see people from different perspectives. So in some ways, and the person comes from a different um, background and the background is one that that my background usually doesn't like. And so I've learned to like be more in the neutral area. There's a- And open to learning. Yes, because we have so much to, to learn, and there's um, an a, author, uh, yes, yeah, called um, Bob Goff, and he wrote a book called Always um, and Everywhere. And it's all love always and love everyone. Okay. And and that 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 was like a transforming book for me because I realized, you know, if, if I can learn to love everyone um, the way I'm loved, and then that means that then the gift of love is being perpetuated, and that can start then building barriers, uh, building bridges and breaking down barriers. Yeah. So that's why um, I think it's good to to learn to love and respect and honor people, um, even if they have different views and values mm-hmm. from you. You can still, I can still have my views and values, and I can still uh, learn to respect and um, see where someone else is coming from. I have a friend. We come from two political different views, <laughs> and it. Uh, 
few years ago during an administration, it was really nice because we got to listen to each other. And we yeah. had what I call civil discourse. Like, okay, so why are you here and why are you there? And, and, and it was just nice to be able to um, have maintain a friendship mm-hmm. through different perspectives. And we would learn from each other. And so when um, the person was in, voted into office and was like, why? What's going on? I'm like, okay, okay. And then her person was voted in office and said, okay, why, why? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it was really cool. I think that's where I feel like growth is. It's not just about book knowledge and getting A's on tests. It's also the idea of, like, how do we respond to people in a way that shows that love and kindness? That we're interested on them. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and honor, lot, too. Yeah, and a lot of times, I believe, it's not even about... Um, well, for me, it's not about being right or wrong in mm-hmm. situations anymore, because I feel like once you hold that uh, view or aspect of anything, you kind of shut anybody out from yeah. coming in. And once you start to shut these people out, it's extremely hard to change your views and viewpoints on a lot of things. And once you're stuck in this cycle, you you begin to believe that your life is just repeating itself over again. And that's when the days become long, and that's when the days start to feel like they're repeating because you're stuck in this stuck in this circle. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get out of the circle is to step outside of yourself. Yes. And look at these new groups. And then a lot of people I feel like they shy away from doing this because they feel like, oh, once I step outside the circle, I have to conform. And now it's this conformity factor that they're scared of and they're not gonna be themselves anymore. But that's the joy of life is that you get to change every yes. day that you wake up. And even if you don't change at all, now you have a new neurological pathway of Mm, thinking yeah and now your brain is working again because Mm -hmm. our brains age and we only uh, I learned this in sociology class is um the brain fully develops when you like turn 25 and Mm -hmm. once you get there it's like if you're not bringing in any type of new information you start to plateau so that's where depression and emotions start to roll in and you start to become confused on who you are. And it's crazy that around 25 is when the brain starts to shut off. So it would make sense around 30 or mid-30s, that's when mid-life crises mm. start to fall in. And that's when people start to question themselves and what they're doing with yeah. their life. And um, it's, it's never too late, but 35 is kind of late if you already had the information before. And then one of the things that I like to think of is that... Um, once you learn something, you can't forget it. Right. And so you get a pass for being ignorant before you learn whatever yeah, you yeah. were learning. But once you learn that thing, it's up to you to put it, in, put it into action or not. And that's when you lose the, um, not even the ignorant is bliss part, but the uh, I feel bad for you because you don't know. But once I teach you, now it's like it's up to you to use this right. information. And if you don't want to use it, I'm not going to make you, but, you know, I, I wish right. I could help. And I think that um, we don't see that too much anymore in mm-hmm. the sense of people learn um, information and they make a choice of whether they're going to store it. Yeah. It's kind of like studying for a test. So mm-hmm. I'm going to learn this to get that A and then I'm just going to forget it mm-hmm. until they learn to, to use it. And so that's one nice thing about life. Um, when I was in graduate school, a saying that I had, living life is a lifelong learning process. Yeah. So what is it that I can learn what is it something new um, and, and and being okay with making mistakes mm-hmm. because I think that that's something that is we're not used to and that there's this need that there's only one way and it's the right way 
And um, now I'm in my uh, <laughs> uh, years where I'm learning, like, it's okay to do things differently. And it's yeah. okay if things don't go my way. And, and so I think that's important. And I value and respect people who are in their 20s uh, who are still learning or who have that attitude I'm like that's to me the uh, a wonderful attitude and definitely a, a good mindset mm-hmm. to have and it is true that we make the conscious choice of what we're going to do with the information yeah and if we choose not to use it then isn't that once fool me once shame, shame on, on you, you fool, fool me, me twice. twice you can't fool me again yeah shame on me oh, or, oh yeah. i'm thinking of a song oh, okay that's that Sounds like a good song. Yeah. Um, so and so it's the same idea. And so what, what was the fool me twice and what does the song lyric go? Uh, he said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, well, you can't fool me again. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a J. Cole song. But oh, it's, that's yeah. cool. That's awesome. And, um, but it's the same idea that it's making a choice to learn and change. I think that's another part is what we do with the information. Are we going to change? And it sounds like you've done a lot of work in neuroscience or studying in neuroscience. Yeah, I just like to read. I, yeah. I pick up the reading and then it's not even one book that teaches you it, but once you read multiple books, the information from A starts to correlate with the information from B. And once you get in this habit of reading, the dots start to connect themselves. So even if you haven't picked up the book that you referenced to in a long time, once you get on that thought pattern, the neurological pathway lights up again, and once it lights up, it's going that way and it's going in that direction. Mm-hmm. So that's when uh, you can increase the amount of epiphanies that you receive. Because if anybody that's listening doesn't know what an epiphany is, it's like it's a sudden idea or a thought that you feel drawn to, and your body has an emotional connection to, and you don't know where it came from. It's not random, but it's something that your subconscious mind was working on before you even realized it or if you ever realized it at all. And that's kind of like how my story was with coming here. I had an epiphany to just want to go to USC. I'm not sure what I was picking up over the years or growing up, but ended up sparking at the right time. Right. And um, But once you built the familiar, familiarity, yeah, familiarity with the things that you really love to do, it starts to work for you and not against you. And I think that's another thing that people fall into often is when they think they're going to their calling and they start to shut out every other option mm, yes. to move on to that's a new a path. It becomes um it becomes very troubling to stay on point and then that they they start to question themselves and the way that they question themselves isn't, okay, how can I do better? But it's like, what am I doing wrong? Right. And once you start to ask your body what you're doing wrong, the brain is now trying to protect itself because mm. That's a good point. it's like, um, once you say, what am I doing wrong? The, the brain sends a message to the body saying, oh, something's going on here, something's not right. And it starts trying to correct things that don't need to be corrected. So... If we can change the way that we question ourselves, we can um, improve our improve our ways to uh, look for a new path. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be a new path to a new goal or a new direction, but it just has to... Say you're walking down the street that you usually walk on and there's construction going on there. I can take a right and then take a left on the next street and take another left and go straight and I'll be back on the right path. So right. sometimes we have to break off into these ventures to learn this new information to see what life is all right. about. And I, I'm glad you say that because there's two things that come to mind for me. 
the thought is that sometimes we have to retrain the brain. Yeah. So we can be on a path that is like a destructive behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do we learn? In fact, I'm um, listening to the audio audiobook Power of Habit, mm. and it talks about that. Like we have to develop like the the beginning and the end, the reward and the initiative part can be the same, but it's the pattern in the middle that needs to be changed. Mm. So what's the new habit? What's a new way of doing things? Because there might be bad habits such as running late or procrastinating. Like, okay, what's the new habit that I can develop into it? So some that I think that with the power of the mind, we have the opportunity to, to re-change or reprogram, mm-hmm. retrain the brain into thinking new things and in uh, new ways. Yeah. And I think that that's important. And I also agree with you that it's also important to be open to new opportunities because sometimes our paths, if we're so focused and we think there's only one way to get to the goal, mm-hmm. we could be missing out on a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, so, when, it, as they say, when one door closes, another oh, no. door opens. And so, to be open to saying yes. Um, there's um, a saying that I learned um, that Trojans say yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is really cool because when we say yes to new experiences and go in without any preconceived ideas or expectations or what am I going to get out of it, just like, I'm going to go and I'm going to show up. Mm-hmm. And then go and show if you want to say. And I think that that will help people have um, better experiences that will then lead to new, um, new opportunities. And I, I remember hearing the story of a lawyer who um, lost his job, mm-hmm. and he had, he had a family, and so he was hustling. He was working a catering mm-hmm. job to put food on the table for his family. This is you know a lawyer. You don't yeah. you don't think of that, and but he said, but that was a great experience because that job led him to a contact at the at a at a party of a person. Then they're looking for a new lawyer to hire, and he, and he would not have known that if he had only been in that. So now his. His life and his mindset, his yeah. his uh, neural paths have now gone to have more empathy for people who um, have lost their job. Yeah. Um, have learned to show more humility to people in the service industry. Mm-hmm. So he has now grown as a person. And ended because, up on the same path. Yeah, that he was exactly. On he ended up to the same goal. And uh, if I may share a, a quick story. I'm listening. So one of my the reason why I work for the Angels and the Dodgers is because I had wanted to train athletes in their speaking skills. Okay. And that didn't happen. It didn't happen. I'm like, okay, I, I have to move forward. And so I come back here, and now I'm working with athletes. And I thought, wow, this is just so cool. Yeah. Um, from my experience, with my faith experience, is to see how um, the desire of my heart to work with athletes has come true in a whole different way. Yes. You know, and and I, so I, I look at it, and I'm like, wow, we some of these. Student athletes have the potential of becoming Olympic mm-hmm. uh, um, Olympians and gold medalists and um, MVP and you know and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's so cool that yeah. I, I I had the opportunity to be a, a touch point in their life and yes. communication. So I, I just I just think of that that we often think there's only one way to get to my goal and mm-hmm. it has to be my way. And yes. sometimes we have to just let go of our own ways and be open to the way um, life. Um, comes about like for me I let go of my ways and let God's ways come into yeah. play and so. uh, another thing I've been learning to reiterate what you were talking about is that now when I see a problem instead of uh, attacking it attacking it directly I try to solve problems by attacking them indirectly so, oh, how so? what can I do the thought process that goes is okay 
I wish I had an example. So let me see if I can think of one. So say I'm having a problem, uh, I guess you could say writing a paper. You would think to, if I just sit at the computer long enough, an idea will come. But no, that's not how it works, and the paper isn't due in the next five minutes, so you'll be fine. And So I'll try to get up and go around, or like just walk around, go outside, mm -hmm. listen to some music, watch a video, go get active, go play sports. Do everything except writing the paper. And once I take myself out of the mind state of just straining the idea and straining the thought, it pops back up and it just comes to me. So um, a lot of times when we think that we're uh, pushing and grinding and pushing for what we think is right and what we think is wrong or whatever, we're um, pushing our goals further away. Mm. And... Uh, when we pushing our goals further away, it's, it's almost like we become frustrated. Yeah, I could see that. And once once we become frustrated, we, that's when we give up. But it's almost like the idea of uh, the diamond miner is he's hidden away, hidden away for hours, for days, for months, and then he just gives up. But he doesn't know on the other side was one more hit and you right. could have did it. So yeah. sometimes we just need a break and to walk away from our goals like the lawyer did indirectly. Mm -hmm. But we need to walk away from our goals and let the universe do its work on us so we can come back. The universe right. isn't going to um, put a problem on you that you can't handle. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it will. And we have to be in the right mind to be able to walk away but not quit. Right. And, and, I, and what I like about your example about the paper and getting frustrated, oftentimes we will try to push our way through it. And mm -hmm. sometimes... That's where we need to, like, as Elsa says, just let it go, right? Yeah. Let it go, let it go. And when we let it go and we're able to take a break, as you say, and go and do something else, it's giving our mind that time to renew and refresh and restore and new ideas. So if you go and play that video game and you're hat playing, I could see an epiphany come. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about it from this perspective. Now you're refreshed and you're renewed and you're ready to go back into that paper. The one thing that your example also reminds me of is the importance that we need to take time. And one of your other, um, I forget her name, um, had mentioned about having um, alone time. You know, that we need to have downtime, and taking that break becomes that downtime. Yeah. Like this paper is due. I know it's due. What am I going to do? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so, okay, I'm going to take a break and then come back. But it's also setting that boundary so that the break doesn't become a form of procrastination. Mm -hmm. And just also learning to be kind and gentle to yourself. I like yeah. how you said earlier about, um, oh, what did I do wrong? You know, like people tell me, Stephanie, you've got a lot going on. Just give yourself grace, you know, like learn to develop. And so that's my new mindset, mm -hmm. new uh, neural pathway. I'm like, okay. I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm doing the best I can, this is good, as opposed to what did I do wrong. Yeah. And so that then what I'm finding is that when I have that positive self-talk in a negative situation, it's an open me up to be, um, to be more creative because I don't have all that negativity in me anymore. Yeah. And it, I do feel a lot more freedom in that. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's good. Because it's easy to say, what did I do wrong? Yeah. As opposed to just saying, well, that's their perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think also it's important, as I mentioned, I, I'm, I like to connect with people. Yeah. That, that it's important to connect with people when we're having some roadblocks. 
because they will offer perspectives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we want people to say, oh, you're right. Instead, they'll say, well, well, wait a minute. What about that perspective? I'm like, that's right. So that's also, I think, a way of retraining our mm -hmm. brains, that when we listen, when we are open to get feedback. So feedback is an important part of listening, too. Yes. So uh, in giving communication, we share our thoughts. We listen to what is shared, and part of listening is receiving feedback. Mm -hmm. So when someone is willing to be honest and say, oh, I, you know, what about this perspective of why this happened? I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that helps. Because now my mind is getting out of that rut mm -hmm. of negativity, and it's almost like putting, uh, filling the pothole. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, now I can walk over that pothole because mm -hmm. the pathway is smooth. And I'm like, okay. And so I think that that's really how it helps. Like the brain is just... You know, it's just such a it's such a powerful muscle in yeah. our um, body that we don't really take um, we don't recognize the power the brain has yeah. in retraining our way of thinking, and then not only train, retraining our way of thinking, but or retraining the way we do based yeah. upon what we think. And then um, another thing we were uh, talking about, just saying yes and going. Yes. It's um. There's there's new way of thinking I'm trying to pick up is if I don't like it I can leave. Oh, that's we're, awesome. We're never stuck. Like, we're not as stuck as we make ourselves out to be. So we're like, oh, if I do this, then I have to do that. Like, we're coming up with these scenarios that haven't even happened because you haven't even decided to take any type of action. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do now is if I want to go somewhere, I say, okay, it's going to cost X amount of dollars. Oh, okay. It's not like, even if I don't have the money myself, it's not like I'm not going to be able to get back home. I'm going to be able to get back home from wherever I go, so how about I just go, and if I don't like it, I can simply just come back. That's a great But idea. at least I got out and tried it exactly. to give my brain the uh, reassurance that it's okay to do things that are new, and it's, it's, it's okay to step out and not shut everything out because of all these different scenarios I've come up with that probably weren't going to happen anyway. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Are you? Is that all you? Is yeah, I just I've enjoyed this opportunity yeah. <laughs> to uh, speak to you and uh, listen to your perspective. It was such an honor. It, this was like a yes moment for me. Yeah. And you're probably thinking, is she going to say yes? <laughs> or is she going to say no? Because I wanted to do the my research. Mm -hmm. So when you sent me the podcast, I listened to it, and as I shared, it was such an honor. First of all. When you were in the ELC and yeah. you came up, you know, the first second week of class, like, hey, would you be willing to be on my podcast? I'm like, wow, well, you know, that really lifted up uh, my spirits. Yes, yeah. it was uh, something else going on in my life, and I'm like, wow, it just showed that um, who I am and what I say can add value. Mm -hmm. And so then when we connected, I thought, well, let me listen first to make sure that what I have to say matches with what you what your topic is. Yeah. and then when I was listening, I'm like. Wow, this is so cool. Austin <laughs> thought of me for this opportunity because you've had such powerful people mm -hmm. with incredible life stories just sharing their journeys and having conversations like the gift to communicate and share experiences, yeah. which is so powerful. And so that's why I really appreciated the opportunity. And I said, yes, it is an honor to come and um, be part of your podcast, to support you, <laughs> to support our audience. And to encourage um, those who are listening yeah. the way um, those who have been on your show have encouraged yeah. me. Just to, to remember the things that we talked about. Mm -hmm. There's power in listening. There's power in the way we think things. 
There's power in saying yes. Mm -hmm. And there's power of getting to know people who are different from us because that is what is going to really um, be the opportunity to get rid of anger and hate and learn to love and honor and respect more. Mm -hmm. And I'll end with this quote from Dr. Henry Cloud. He says, the one way to resolve conflict, the best way is to listen. Yeah. Because when you listen and then you can actively listen by re- sharing back, then it shows that you have respect and understanding. And that's what people want. They want to hear, they want to know they're being heard and they want to know that they're being valued. So I want to say thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you for letting me share my thoughts and thank you for um, valuing my perspective and thank you. coming back. Thank and you. I wish you the best. I look forward to um, other future guests that you'll have on your show. Yes. So stay strong and fight on. Thank you. <laughs> okay, if you're still tuned in, this is a bonus clip from when me and Dr. Stephanie's uh, podcast ended. Feel free to listen. All right, it should be back on. There we go. All right, so you know what? When we were talking about learning new things, yeah. I just think of what happened here. When yeah. I came in, you had mentioned that you were working on this new program called Audacity. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, wow, I know Audacity. <laughs> yeah. And so I here was getting to teach you new things. And here I'm impressed by the fact that you're willing to teach. So, yeah. so to me, Austin, you're a person who walks a talk. Yeah. You're able to try new things and say, let's just do it. If it doesn't work, it's okay. And so I think that that's what's so cool. Then we ran into a problem because the adapter... To the the, microphones. Yeah, Yeah. didn't didn't work on your... um, MacBook. Yeah, so I went over. I'm like, okay, we need help. (laughs) So I'm going to use my connections. And I went over next door and I went to ITS and I said, hey, how do I do this? And then he pulled it apart. And I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a solution. So we came in and we're... We're using, new, we're using a new equipment. A new app. A new app. <laughs> and it all came together. Yeah. And see, that's the idea of learning to walk in the freedom of doing things new. So now you've got a new experience and you've got new equipment. Oh, this and is you have this is a nice. new way of seeing. So yeah. hopefully this example will be um, encouragement to other listeners. Yeah, that anybody that wants to start anything, just go for it. Go and, for it. And it'll build on itself through the years because, well, not even through the years, through the months. I started this uh, the beginning of August, right before, yeah, July 31st was like my first episode and I started through like, through like August and I was just using the voice memos on my iPad, but look at this. I know. I got a new, awesome? new computer. Uh, I found a new app by just getting here early and doing some research on how to clear up white noise and I end up finding an entirely new free tool because they try to make you pay for this stuff and I'm, I know. I'm not doing that. I'm no, not doing it. No, you shouldn't so, have to. So yeah, I got this and that's, that's beautiful. Anything you guys want to do, just jump into the water. The The moment you feel it's most scary to jump, that's when you jump in. Yeah, and also remember to take someone's hand when you jump because yeah. this came about and because we work together. Mm-hmm. You need to go and ask people out there for help too because yeah. there are people who have information. You know, as they say in business, if you want to go fast, you go alone, but if you want to go farther, go with others. Yes. So, Build your community. Austin is one of them. I'm one of them. If you yeah. see me in Marshall, if you see me in Annenberg, send me, you know, say hi, or even just shoot an email like, hey, can we connect? I'd yeah. love to be able to be here because we are part of this 
um, Trojan family. We're part of the world that has been created, and we're here to help and support one another. Yes. So with that, we wish you the best, yes. and we uh, love and appreciate you all. You are worthy um, of love. You are valued, and your voice has value too. So stay strong. Peace out. I like that one. I like that cut. I like. Thank you so much. So. <laughs>